Um, so Reggie, you and I had been like communicating and talking and had done um, a few like book clubs with each other before, but they were on like most, I think they were mostly fiction. Um, and we had been talking about you getting into poetry. Right. Um, and can you just tell us a little bit about like what what initially made you want to get into the genre of poetry? Um, so getting into poetry um, naturally kind of came to me because it was like, like I noticed a lot of black authors are like successful, quite frankly, um, in poetry in terms of for an example, a big example of that is uh, Tracy K. Smith, right, who I believe is the poet laureate of the U.S. right now. Yeah. Um, and also, just in general, even if you look at some of the authors whose novels or short stories are like on my on my list, right? Like Langston Hughes or mm-hmm. Claude McKay, Glendalyn Brooks. Um, mm-hmm. There are just so many authors who I plan on reading anyway, who are poets. And you know, also of course, you know, I, I have to give credit to Lynn because Lynn. Um, she she definitely is always like, Reggie, you need to be reading poetry. Reggie, you need to be poet. <laughs> and, you know, I always was kind of, quite frankly, just kind of a little fearful just because it's like, I know that poetry is like very specific. Also, I, like, well, not really. I've learned that it's open to interpretation. I guess I'll get to that later. But mm-hmm. I just know it's very specific in terms of, hey, I'm placing this word here for a reason, that word here for a reason. And mm-hmm. I know it requires a lot of thinking and, and, and time spent. And I guess I was just worried about, like, just getting it wrong is probably what was kind of holding me back from it. But that's where, you know, the doing the book club, you know, with, you know, you, Lynn, uh Tanya you know I, I learned a lot from that so now I'm, I'm a little more like open to reading just because I kind of know that I can interpret it and that's okay that that's intended actually so hope that all makes sense yeah it does it makes perfect sense and that's the thing about poetry it's not meant to Uh, mean the same thing for everyone everyone kind of picks different things out of it that's the beauty of poetry Um, so like you and I can both read the same poem and we can have two completely different interpretations and either interpretation may not be wrong um, because it just depends on what the poet was trying to convey at that moment it could be a whole slew of emotions and we just picked a couple of them you know what i mean right welcome to episode 17 of i mean can we discuss and then this episode is a little different from what I usually do, which is I'm actually interviewing one of the readers that participated in the Can We Discuss Poetry Book Club. His name is Reggie Bailey. He's the creator of 
hashtag two books under 50 reviews challenge the king of buddy reads a slow reading extraordinaire who believes in quality is greater than quantity so i decided to actually go along with this and interview reggie bailey because it's important to understand what the readers are looking for and how the whole bookstagram community came about and his reasons behind actually becoming one of these types of bookstagrammers slash avid readers Uh, So it was important to see that side as well. But before we get into the interview, I just want to give you guys a heads up on a few events that I have coming up. So on March 23rd is the She Will Speak series, which will be at Artfex in New York. And the 24th, I'm actually performing with Genre urban arts who's also who is part of the bowery poetry collab so i'll be over there on march 24th and then of course march 30th guys is the actual show of the serpent's rattle i will have some featured uh performers like miss poetic soul make sure you check her out on instagram it's just like that miss poetic soul jelani brown under i am jelani in um instagram uh she will speak will be there cheyenne tyler jacob shouts out to her she's been on a podcast before and um poet nia mora will be in the house i know you guys checked her out if you didn't please go back and check out the interview that i did with her as well as the one that i did with cheyenne tyler jacobs so That's about all for the events. I hope you guys had a wonderful weekend. And before I forget, guys, the events for the Serpent's Rattle can be found on Eventbrite if you type in the Serpent's Rattle, which will be held at the Vision Venue of Philadelphia. And the She Will Speak series is also on Eventbrite for you guys to purchase your tickets. The She Will Speak series is about gender-based violence, so it'll be a much-needed discussion, um, bring light to certain topics that are difficult to articulate. And as always, guys, please leave a review, tell a friend to tell a friend. A review only takes a few minutes so other people can find the podcast and it always lights up my day to know that someone out there is actually enjoying these episodes so please guys do me that solid if you can thank you guys i really appreciate it and without further ado let's get right into it you're listening to i mean can we discuss and i am your host astrid ferguson We will be discussing different issues that can be debated, articulated, chopped up any kind of way. There's no real set way to this. It could be culturally, it could be socially, it could just be how we're feeling today. So you're here for the randomness and I hope you're here to stay. So remember to subscribe, share, and tell me what you think. Oh, welcome to a new episode, everybody, of I Mean, Can We Discuss? 
I have the pleasure of sitting here with Lynn Patterson and hi everyone. Yes, Lynn, y'all remember Lynn and my good friend Reggie Bailey. Hey, hey, how y'all doing? We're good. We're good. Good to have you here. Great Pleasure's all mine. I appreciate it. Thank y'all for inviting me. Sure, sure. So why don't you tell us in your own words about yourself and where people can find you? Um, so just, you know, by myself, um, I, I love books. I love reading. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a books to grammar, as, uh, as we like to say, uh, you know, us readers of Instagram. I almost said readers of Bookstagram, but nonetheless, <laughs> uh, Bookstagrammer, um, you can find me on Instagram mainly uh, at Reggie Reads, but, you know, also Twitter. I don't use that as much, but Twitter, Reggie Reads, and then you can definitely find me on Goodreads, but on Goodreads, it's just Reggie Read or Reggie Red, however you want to pronounce, R-E-A-D. Uh, so there's another Reggie out there that reads on Goodreads, so... That's where you can find me. And um, yeah, pretty much like more just about that. Like I'm all about promoting like African-American literature, um, first and foremost. Um, kind of doing it a little bit new this year because I want to focus on books that are more obscure. Um, kind of like authors that are kind of like forgotten um, either recently or in the past. Not that like all my books will be those authors like I still love you know Tony Morrison's of the world and you know Marlon James and you know big names but I just want to make sure I'm bringing the light you know as my following grows on Instagram I want to make sure that I'm exposing more people to lesser known authors and that could also mean more poetry um, in my lineup this year too Yay. Astrid, am I allowed to interject? Oh, yes. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, I, well, I wanted to say that uh, something that I don't think a lot of people know about me is that before I started my poetry Instagram, I was actually like, you know, dabbling in the bookstagram world. So I've always considered myself like an avid reader. I'm a reading teacher. I, I like love all different genres of books. Um, and because of that, I came across um, a profile called Curls and Books. And through talking with the, the um, creator, Felicia, of Curls and Books, she really encouraged me to sort of start this poetry journey. And um, Reggie, I don't know how we were introduced to each other, but we we were introduced like very early into my poetry slash bookstagram profile and like Reggie is one of my favorite bookstagrammers he has like really really great beautiful reviews I've participated in like buddy reads that he has which are like the virtual book clubs um and I consult with him a lot like as we think about growing out, uh, can we discuss poetry? So I really am excited to have him on to talk about his book journey um, because he, he's been like a really huge help to our poetry book club. Thank you for saying that, Lynn. I really appreciate it. And I, I think you know that, but thank you. Yeah, of course. Thank you for all you do. Oh, so nice. 
Um, <laughs> I didn't know anything about the books for Graham World until I became an author. So um, this is all still pretty new to me. I'm still learning as I go along. But one of my questions is like, so what made you, I guess, go on this journey? Like, why on Instagram? Why not like a blog or or become like a, you know, like a book blogger and, and actually do those, what's it called? The beta readers mm-hmm. before books come out. Right. No, that that is a uh, that's a great question. So I can even be like kind of specific, too. So in March of 2015, Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much I ended up uh, like changing jobs. Right. Mm So um, I became like like my day job, like I work at a bank. Right. So, you know, I ended up, you know, start working there and. You know, I, I just wanted to, so that happened as well as um, I was in grad school at the time too. So I, I completed undergrad at, in 2013 and then I took a year off and I restarted school in August of 2014. So when I was in school, there was this professor, I, I feel bad for not remembering his last name. I want to say it might be like Watson or Watkins. But he impressed me because, like, outside of books, I'm, like, a huge basketball fan. Like, I played it my entire life, um, you know, high school. I didn't play in college or nothing, but I always, I've always kept up with it. And one thing that impressed me about this professor was how he could talk basketball like he was someone who played it his entire life. He, he clearly was someone who watched it his entire life, as well as, like, other sports. But then he wasn't, like... It wasn't tunnel vision for him, though. Like he he could speak about sports and politics and business and just everything. And I felt like I was too narrow in what I could converse with people about. And I figured the best way to broaden my horizons is to read books. So, you know, March 2015 comes around and I'm just like, I'm going to start reading books. And at the time, like my Instagram was just focused on sneakers. Like I wasn't Reggie Reeves. My name, my username at that time was sneaker mogul. Cause I used to always buy shoes. I worked at, um, I used to work at Foot Locker. So, and I became a store manager there and everything. So I was getting like all new Jordans, all the phone posits, you know, you name it. Um, so I just, I guess, you know, the, uh, a popular phrase people say now is rebrand. And I guess you can say I kind of rebranded, right? I I went from (laughs) like being the sneaker guy to, you know, I started buying books and I was like, you know, this is, this is it now. Like I want to buy books now. I want to focus on books now. So that's, that's where it started at least. Um, Okay. So, so before we jump, so you still got connections? Cause I can use some sneakers. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> same I, I wish. um honestly i'm i'm so it's crazy how distant i am from like the sneaker game now because i used to could tell you like now like with books i can tell you oh so-and-so is supposed to be coming out with something in like 2021 right mm-hmm. i used to be like that with sneakers but now i don't know anything like like i was shocked when 
like I was speaking to someone, like I was in a mall and I, I ran up on one of my former coworkers. And he's telling me how like, you know, Kanye was with Adidas and stuff instead of Nike. When like when I left, he was with Nike. And you know, I know he might not be the best person to talk about right now, but <laughs> so th- he was telling me how you know, oh, everybody buying Yeezys, and like you know, this was probably like 2016 or something. So you know, if they're buying new stuff, forgive me, like I really don't know, but that's just basically me saying I have no connections anymore. I don't even know what's out. Like, I, I, it's a shame. No, that's okay. As you get older and your feet get bad you're gonna know a whole lot about sketchers <laughs> you're, gonna, <laughs> you're gonna have them in tan white and black so working with your slacks don't worry Asher, i love how you talk like you're like 50 years old sis like you're you're i've seen you wear heels girl i can barely even wear heels these days <laughs> <laughs> we got a ways to go before we're in those sketchers like right <laughs> listen the new the, the bands are very comfortable. Okay. They really are. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. But continuing <laughs> forward, you know, now that we got off our little tangent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so after you came into, you know, the Can We Discuss Poetry? I think you were part of the Tanya. Yeah, the Tanya one. I think it was the first one we did, actually. Yes. yes he was he's been he's been in two groups we won't talk about the second one and we can edit this, that one out um <laughs> i'm just giving you a hard time reggie <laughs> um but yeah we did we did do and that was actually our first that was like our first book club wasn't it yeah, I mean, we had one, but we didn't have anybody in it. Um, but that was- yeah, we did it as like a beta test. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, so our first like full book club, it was Reggie. Um, and there was a few other people, but Reggie actually got to come to the video chat with me and Tanya, mm-hmm. which was also really cool. We haven't actually done that um, since then. Yeah. But... I'll let you talk about the question. My bad. <laughs> I was familiarizing myself with the yeah. All right. <laughs> so, what did you enjoy about being a part of that of the poetry and getting to know Tanya and really getting to know what she meant through her words? Right. So obviously, you know, Lynn telling me about. When you decided to start reading poetry, uh, what has been your experience thus far? So, if I'm 100%, Tanya's book is still kind of like the one that I have. Mm -hmm. But I can still tell you how poetry has affected me uh, since. And I, I was telling Lynn about this, too. So... I listen to like hip hop, right? I'm I'm mm-hmm. I won't sit here and say like I could write a book on hip hop or nothing like that. Like I don't know everything about everything. I'm definitely like a younger person when it comes to hip hop. But what poetry has done for me is like I do I do feel like I examine 
like lyrics more mm-hmm. when it comes to a- am I on genius all the time? Maybe not, right? But have I gone there a little more since I've read poetry? Yes. And it, it kind of makes me appreciate just what rappers do. Um, because although like like I just said it, right? I just call them rappers. Mm-hmm. But they, they are poets too. Yeah. And I'm sure if you ask someone like Jay-Z, I'm sure he would say he's a poet. I'm sure if you ask Queen Latifah even, right? I know a lot of people remember her as like probably an actress now. Mm-hmm. But if you ask her, I'm pretty sure she would call herself a poet as well. And that is something that I, I have appreciated since I've read, um, you know, every water and word. So, and just, and also more important than just reading it, um, just like having a discussion with Tanya and with Lynn and with you, Astrid. So. Okay. So what would you say, or who are you excited to read about? Like what is one of your favorite poets? Sure. So someone who I do want to read for sure is, um, well, two people come to mind, two like contemporary poets. And now I know y'all probably like people probably going to be like, oh, my gosh, I, of course, want to read both of y'all books. And I I just or Lens, I'm definitely going to, you know, uh, read you two, Astrid. But two people I had mentioned (laughs) like prior to uh, Lynn's book being authored. Mm-hmm. was Clint Smith and Eve Ewing. Okay. So the reason why I do want to read both of them is, well, a large part, I should say, is just following them on Twitter. Um, I know Clint Smith is also a part of, like, another uh, podcast with DeRay. I know it's uh, two other people on there. I know it's, like, Brittany and another guy. I can't remember the other guy's name. Okay. So you just saying you want to read our books because you're on our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just jumped right in like where I was at, I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, wow. Oh, I was saying that yeah, I don't remember the other guy's name, but I know who you're talking about. Right. Yeah, I didn't want to like, you know, if y'all gotta edit that out. But, but like <laughs> but nonetheless like like I want to I definitely want to read um you know Clint Clint Smith and Eve Ewing um I, I follow both of them on Twitter and a lot of times they're just kind of doing commentary on just happenings of just the United States uh you know of the world too um, I feel like they always analyze situations thoughtfully and they're always brilliant too. And, um, and to top that off, like, um, I'm, I'm like about 99% sure that Clint Smith just received a book deal. Pretty sure he has a work of nonfiction coming out probably in the next couple of years. I feel like I remember seeing that on his IG. And then Eve Ewing already has a work of nonfiction out. Um, it's called like Ghost of the Schoolyard. I know it's about uh, some school closings that took place in Chicago. 
I believe in the 21st century. Um, so they're kind, they're just they kind of fall in line with all the other poets I've been saying, where they wrote like stuff that I read more in terms of like novels, short stories, or even nonfiction, right? And and they just happen to wrote you know books of poetry as well, and you know those are two authors, you know that I would like to read. Um, just you know going forward in terms of poetry. Um, the funny thing is, so Clint Smith did Teach for America as well. So did I. And we were actually the same year. So we trained um, together in Philadelphia to be teachers, which at the time, like, I knew he was a poet, but I didn't know that I was a poet yet. <laughs> such a such a small world. It really is. <laughs> so. See, and I and I named you in the group as well. So how about that? I'm just reading all the friends. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little different because you know me. So yeah. I, I'm in, I'll be interested to hear your thoughts uh, once you read mine and and Astrid's. Yes. Um, I have a follow up question because you actually put me in touch with uh, Tanya and I would not have discovered Tanya's book if it, if it wasn't for you. Um, do like in terms of reading, do you prioritize or do you read books from indie authors? That is a great question. Um, so I, I will say, I'm going to say yes on that. So in in terms of like indie authors, indie authors, and I even say like indie houses, right? There there actually um is a group of people I do read with on IG. Um and we we purposely um like choose books that are from indie houses, right? We purposely choose a book each month from an indie house and we read it and discuss it. Mm. And, you know, whether whether that's like, you know, the feminist press is one or or uh, New Directions, Grey Wolf Press. Right. Like we purposefully look for houses that are independent and we read those books. That's that's honestly how one of one of my favorite short story collections for last year was A Lucky Man. And that's how you know we found it you know it was published independently and we read it and that that's very important to me to find those books because those are the books that people are not reading right and also independent houses are also going to be the houses that publish poetry not not to mention of course you're going to have the 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 self-published authors which is you know another uh, conversation as well because I definitely feel like they deserve a chance too. Um, but yeah, not to, long story short, I, I'm here for the indies. I'm here for self-published. I'm here for all of it because, especially as like my platform continues to grow, like who knows? Who knows how many people will ever like follow my account, right? And mm-hmm. you know that that's that's a potentially a big boost that I can help contribute to someone who doesn't have a machine behind them, like a, you know, like a big house and, you know, no, no disrespect or shade to the, to the big houses. They do what they have to do. 
But, you know, I want to hopefully contribute to evening the playing field a little bit. It's so interesting to hear someone talk about, um, like, the indie and self-published authors from that perspective as a reader. Um, Because in our, like, author world and in the poetry community, it's something that we, like, talk about a lot in the way that, you know, big publishers are even impacting um, how people are writing poetry and what is, you know, deemed as, like, commercialized, what is deemed as, like, palatable and uh you know it I, I didn't know any of this when I was just like reading and enjoying poetry and I and I don't think I was as thoughtful as you are about how I came across um different people's books no I mean it it is uh I, I'll say this it's not like you know when I was first picking up books I know I, I mentioned the beginning of my journey earlier like I honestly was just picking up like self-help books, right? Just going on Google, oh, what are the best self-help books? And just picking a few of those. And I I didn't look for any publishers. I I didn't even care, you know? I just was like, oh, people say this changed their life. Let me read this. And and more than likely, I'm sure it's like from a big house if I look, Mm. you know? But it's it's kind of something I grew into just because, you know, a lot of time you'll, you'll hear people say, at least on like Bookstagram, how you know they want to be different they want to you know they don't want to read what everyone else is reading and i just figured the only way to really kind of like actually do that the only way to really be different is to just do it like how can i be different look up independent houses how can i be different give a chance to an author that's self-published and a lot of times you know the self-published authors I have to give them credit because they'll reach out to you. They're hustling, you know? And so sometimes I might not even figure it out if it wasn't for them reaching out to either me or to another bookstagrammer, you know, asking, hey, you know, you want a free copy of my book? You know, can you read it and review it or whatever the case may be? You know, so shout out to them because they are working hard. They're, they're figuring it out on social media. They're doing better than, in my opinion, some of the some houses in terms of just directly going to you know readers and picking readers with intent also they, they look at what you read and, and they know like oh like this person will probably be into this so shout out to astrid <laughs> yeah, for sure well and here's the thing and this is something that i learned after going into the author world before like i I'm an avid reader, but I'm not so avid reader. Like, I like what I like. Um, I never really paid attention to, like you said, who was the publisher, who was whoever. It was where the book was mostly accessible. So, obviously, what comes to your mind is like a Barnes & Noble store, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then you start to notice, I mean, no shade to Barnes & Noble, but it's expensive in Barnes & Noble. Yeah. Um, So then you start to look for places where it's cheaper. And then I think this is where a lot of the big stores have problems with Amazon because Amazon was the one that made it possible for self-publishers to really get out there. Um, So Amazon provided that gateway. 
So now you no longer need to go that avenue because actually for you as a publisher or as a self-published author to get your book in bookstores, it's actually very expensive. And I think this is what people don't realize about the author world. It's all the expenses that go on behind the scenes. You did all the work. You put all, you put the story together, you grinded your behind off to get this out, but you have to pay the person who's going to print your book. Then you have to pay the person who's going to stock your book. And usually those people want it at a very cheap price. Like I'm talking like 55, 60%. So by the time that you get paid for every book that gets picked up, and this is paperback, you're only making 2 to $3 and you have to make it a price that people are willing to pay for um, in order to get your book out there. So it's the whole like coming up with the financial aspect of it, of how you want to um, price your book according to your niche audience. Because if your niche audience is somebody who's young they're not going to pay $20, $25 for a book. Right. So you have to think of all of those aspects. And then um, people will complain about how much they pay for a book. But those same people, you'll see, you'll see them in Sephora. You'll see them <laughs> at, at Foot Locker. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So yeah. It's, there's, there's like a whole force behind it. So the reason why self-published authors, they grind so hard is because one, they're not known. And then two, they have to get it in the right market for them to blow up. Um, If they don't get it in the right market, it's ridiculous. But publishers are getting smart too, because the way publishers are doing it as well is that they're reaching out to book bloggers and they reach out to them before the book is published. So by the time the book is published, everybody knows about it. So it's all about access and popularity. And that's pretty much what dictates what we learn and what we read. Yep. And and it's interesting, too, that you mentioned, like, them reaching out to the book bloggers, right? Mm -hmm. Because not only are they going there, but they're also going to, like, these pre-publication magazines. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I frequent a lot, like Kirkus or Publishers Weekly or uh, Booklist, Library Journal. Yeah. So they have those on lock already, the pre the pre publication magazines. Then sorry guys. So they're they're reaching out to the big name book bloggers too. So it's just it, it's it is a machine. Like when I was saying that earlier, like you know, I really meant it. Yeah. And for everybody out there as well, that's the other thing. It's with publishers versus self-published. Um, even though you have a publisher, most publishers don't pay for your marketing. You have to pay for all of that. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. <laughs> yes. You have to pay for all of your marketing. Most of it is written out that way. So it's almost I, the same as being self-published. 
Yeah. And yeah, that's something that I've realized too now. Cause I always thought that like, oh, it's good to have a big publisher behind you, but they really like, you're sort of at the bottom of everything they're thinking about. You have to prove yourself in order for them to put those resources like behind you. Um, I want to transition just a little bit, if that's okay. Cause um I think one of the aspects of this and one of the like connections that we we really wanted to make with the platform of can we discuss poetry is reviews and um I had this like realization as uh Astrid and I started to focus more on reviews that like reviewing indie authors can be like and self-published authors can be a little more um, challenging than maybe like, you know, some of your bigger um, authors because uh, like the reviews matter a lot. Like when people stumble upon their profile and see um, a review, like it, it, it can make or break whether or not someone like buys their book and whether or not new, like new readers are going to discover their book. Um, and you've actually been really helpful in sort of helping us to understand like what our review philosophy is going to be, because one of the things I didn't want is to like either give all of the books we read five stars, right? Because that's not like genuine and authentic or like give someone a two star review and have people like not read their book just because we didn't like it. Right. Um, and so... I would I would love to hear from you like how you approach reviews and if you if you think about like when someone is an indie author or self-published author if that impacts sort of like how you write your review or how you think about how other people will read it. Yeah, absolutely. Um so my review philosophy for example, um one that I have is just first and foremost, right? For for the most part like in reality, like regardless of what I rated, just about any book published is a five star book by default because it's not easy to become an author and to write a book. I mean, you know, it, it's hard enough writing a book, right? And then, mm-hmm. you know, you all are telling me about how even when you're at a big publisher, like you're basically your own marketer. Right. So first and foremost, I just want to say that. So I I always keep that in mind, regardless of, you know, how, you know, the author's views or whatever the case may be. Anything that I think about in terms of their content, I always consider just I'm holding their book in my hand. Right. And I know this this act here means a lot to them. And it also they also went through a lot so that someone like me could do that. Um, now, just more into like ratings and stuff like that. Um, now, me personally, I typically, if I finish a book, I usually will give it three stars regardless. Because I am someone where if I don't like the book, I, I'm not I'm not one where if I don't like a book, I'm still going to push through and finish it. Because, oh. you know, me personally everyone says that life is short, right? And you spend a lot of time with books, at least me, I'm a slow reader. 
So I spend a lot of time with each book that I read. So if I'm not vibing, then I'll just put it down. But here's another thing with me, right? As far as my philosophy. If I don't finish a book, I don't review it. I don't think that's fair. I didn't finish. Mm. That's me, right? I, I know there are some people where they're like, you know, DNF, one star. I hated it. I didn't even get past page 10, right? That's cool. It's your right. But that, that's not me, right? And so if I finish a book, I usually give it three because more than likely, if I finished it, I did like it. Because if I didn't like it, I wouldn't have finished it. And then even with a three star, three star, you know, some people kind of like vilify the three star. But to me, three stars means I like the book. So it's like, okay, let me make sure I show people that I did like the book. I'll, I'll be specific, you know. Um, I enjoyed the writing. It was very, you know, poetic, no pun intended. You know, it was lyrical. <laughs> um I really enjoyed the protagonist. I thought the villain was amazing, right? I'll just, you know, say things like that. Maybe even, you know, if I like the passage or something, maybe even quote that in my review. And then maybe at the end, I'll just kind of mention something that I wasn't really a fan of or something. But I'm not going to just, like, bash it. I don't know. It's kind of like, not to be corny or nothing, but, you know, if you don't have anything nice to say, then, you know, don't say it, right? At least not on your page like you know these 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 authors have feelings too because they're mm-hmm. looking they're looking at these reviews uh, uh, oh, know. we know we know so, <laughs> you know they they may not you know I'm, I'm pretty sure there's a couple authors out there with some uh with some burner accounts searching right <laughs> so, or we actually just look on our own <laughs> yeah you like, know yeah but you yeah. know not everybody's just out there though you know like yeah, you don't think have social media accounts, but if I'll say this, if NBA players have burners, I know authors do too. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Uh, well, and I think that, um, like one of the the things that you know we decided to do specifically on Instagram was not to put the stars because, like, what you said about the um you know, your three stars and how you interpret it is like, um, like very poignant and understandable, but like some people, like you said, see three stars as bad. And so that like whole rating system of, of assigning a numerical value to a book, like on Goodreads, I'll be more likely to do that or on Amazon, but on Instagram, what I think Astrid and I both really want people to know is like, just because we didn't enjoy a book or like we didn't give it a five-star rating doesn't mean that you shouldn't invest in it because you never know like what's going to connect with you just because it didn't connect with us doesn't mean that it's not going to connect with you. And at the same time, um, just because you give a book five stars doesn't mean that you don't see like areas of growth for the author. Um, And so we like wanted to be very thoughtful about, um, just thinking through like how are we making sure that the the reviews reflect both um, you know areas of growth and areas that we really loved the author's work, regardless of whether or not we would like read it again or recommend it to a friend. And I just I loved everything you said there, and and especially the part one right 
I'm I'm just like you, literally. Um, because I don't I don't put like when I post like brief thoughts in a story, which is temporary, right? Twenty four hours. I post stars because it goes away. But when mm-hmm. I post it on my page, which is just gonna be there every day, I don't put stars. Right. Um, mm-hmm. good reads, yes, absolutely. Star, right? Which and they don't go away. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just something about like Instagram in particular, where like like I'll get a couple hundred likes on a review on Instagram. Good reads, I make it like twenty something. So. And to top that off, I have way more people who are following me on Instagram than who are my friends on Goodreads. So it just mm. seems like, although Goodreads has like the star ratings and stuff, and there are a lot of people clearly using it, I just feel kind of more of a, I guess, responsibility to be mindful when it comes to Instagram than when it comes to Goodreads. Although, you know, I am mindful on both. And then also another thing that um that you mentioned I really liked is how you don't want your opinion to be like, all right, hey, we don't like it, so none of y'all need to read it. As a matter of fact, if you bought it, return it. Right? Mm-hmm. Because there are sometimes like where you'll see someone kind of give a they'll they'll pan a book, quite frankly. They'll just pan it. I didn't like it, it was trash, I hated it, blah blah blah. And you'll see people in the comments, right? I was going to read this too. OMG. I'm glad I saw this review. It's like, no, that's the worst thing possible. Read it. <laughs> you know, like, like, don't, just because you trust someone's taste, that's mm-hmm. they get it right every time. Right? So, and that's even me. Like, I, I'll tell everyone in the world, Toni Morrison is the queen. Like, we all need to wake up and thank her for waking up. <laughs> but I might read a novel from her and be like, I don't know what Reggie talking about. But and, and y'all should have the right to do that. Just because I like Toni Morrison doesn't mean y'all have to. Like we all have to read and, and come up with our own opinions, and we shouldn't allow like bad reviews to like not to make us say, all right, I'm not going to give this book a chance. It's different, you know, for me, and it's all subjective, right? It, y'all y'all might see a book, and it's sexist. Y'all y'all see someone say, oh, this thing is sexist, so I'm not going to read it. That's different, right? Okay, wow, that that's that's a serious charge, right? So, maybe you won't read that. So, mm-hmm. me, I might see someone say, oh, this author is racist. Like, this content's racist. They might even give me some passages. I'm like, all right, you know, I might not, might not read this. I might not want to give them any money for this one right so it's of course case by case but sometimes you know you'll just see someone say i didn't like the characters in the book so i gave it two stars and it's like get out of here like at least for me i don't i think an unlikable character is like a bonus personally but mm. yeah i think that's all i have <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you do like the unlikable characters, the villains, especially when they're written well. I remember yeah. that. Absolutely. Nothing nothing better than a great villain. <laughs> now, see, when I approach reviews, obviously I put it out there that this is how I feel about it and 
you may not agree with my interpretation, but I am honest that if I didn't like it, I didn't like it. I'm right. I'm going to give you a two star because I think, I mean, as an author, I prefer the honest reviews because it helps me grow as an author. If you cannot take a negative review, then you shouldn't be an author. Agreed. So a negative review helps you as long as it's constructive. If the person can tell you why they didn't like it, maybe it's because this character didn't make sense or you didn't really like how these characters interacted. If that was your point as an author, then you know you did justice. You did the book justice. It just didn't agree with this person's um, interpretation of it. That's fine. But if somebody says, I don't like this book because it was too convoluted. I, I got lost halfway through it. It, it it wasn't you know like it was just too much going on it was so it helps you understand that you might need to pace yourself and you might need to build up your your characters more and you might need to structure it better or you might need to use more uh, imagery or whatever the case is if you're a poet uh, if you write novels science fiction what have you that's the only way that you're going to grow. If you're just get, um, getting reviews like, oh, I love it. People could be gassing you up. It could be the worst. Right. You know, like, I'm not to put anybody out there, but like, um, what's the one everybody reads? Is it James Patterson or something? Yeah, I'm, maybe. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm over it. Um <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, how how much can you possibly get through? I mean, he like poops books, so it's like okay. So I'm more inclined into reading somebody else, but that's just my theory. I'm not gonna put that out there as a way of saying, like, I didn't like the book. It's just I'm ready to read something new. Right. Yeah, and I think like. The other thing, too, that we're continuing to refine with book club, especially, is, like, we have a partnership, right, with the authors because they've agreed to, like, have their books be read by our book club. And for that reason, you know, we want to make sure that that experience feels really good for them. But we also have a partnership with our readers as well. And we want our readers to know that we're going to be honest about the books that we are reading because that's going to also make them feel comfortable um, coming to us and seeing like what we're reading. So I, I feel like this is a conversation that Astrid and I will probably continue to have and Reggie will probably continue to have it too because I think one of the most like distinct differences is when you're reviewing someone's book um, who is like no longer here or they're like a huge author um you don't know if, whether or not they're gonna see what you've said about their book but when um when it's an indie author and a self-published author um who's really depending on those like I don't know I, just, I think that it just it changes things a little bit and it's something important to keep in mind right yeah, I, I agree so segwaying from that, what would you say, since you're you're a very avid reader and a bookstagrammer, 
Like, what is it that you look for in a book? Like, what entices you in the stories? Um, I know I, I kind of spoke to it earlier, but I just like a good villain a lot. Like, or even maybe even a, a anti-hero. Um, so, like, my favorite novel I've ever read is Song of Solomon by Toni Morrison. Mm-hmm. And my favorite character from that novel is Guitar Banes. Um, just because there might be people listening to it who uh, may not have read it. I won't, like, spoil it by any means. But I will say Guitar Banes is a part of an organization called The Seven Days. And just how that was, like, introduced and just the, the scene, just everything about it, the way Toni Morrison wrote guitar like introducing it and then like like milkman uh who's the protagonist uh making day the third and how he was just kind of like disgusted by it just everything about just guitar's cause and just why he's doing it like you felt for him right you understood why he would be a part of the seven days and also, too, like not even just that, like you see him interact with other characters in, in the novel and you see that, OK, the seven days is what it is. But he is also, you know, a, just a, a decent guy, like, you know, and a lot of times, you know, it's easy to just kind of write the villain who doesn't have any humanity. Oh, they're the villain. They just hate everybody. They they flick off a person when they say hi, when someone says hi to them, right? But it, it, that's never the case. Like, like the people who become these villains are antiheroes. They always have just uh, such a great story. And and I even like when Guitar doesn't have – he's not the protagonist of Song of Solomon. But, like, so, so maybe I can give another example. There's this book um, I read in 2017 called New People by Danzy Senna and she wrote a protagonist named Maria and Maria is just off the charts like <laughs> she she is off the charts and it's, and it's wild because that's one of those books where interestingly enough if you go on like Goodreads or Amazon the reviews are very mixed mm. right and me I, I'm like I don't know why y'all didn't like this. <laughs> right? Cause because I think just Maria alone and just the stuff that she like the stuff that she got into alone was so entertaining. And and of course you're not gonna agree with all her decisions because she was wilding. But I just found it so entertaining and, and I like those characters that would do stuff that you would never do. Like that that's why you read anyway. Why would someone like, you know, do this crazy thing, th- this crazy idea that I instantly would just be like, nah. You know, what 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 have they gone through that would make them say this is an option for me? Mm-hmm. You know, that that's what you read for. You don't you don't read to just like reaffirm what you already know. Right. You, you read, read to learn. Them.
you know, but uh, but nonetheless, that that's just a large reason why that that's just a large thing that I look for. Just these, you know, profound characters, you know, preferably antiheroes or villains, and just seeing what I can learn from like the quote unquote bad guy or whatever. Oh. That's profound from the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um the I so you have actually like leveraged the bookstagram community to like do some really cool things and that like with the hashtags as well. Can you uh tell us a little bit about your um hashtag campaigns you have two of them right so yeah i so i have i'll I'll call it one and a half right okay so the 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 one right the one is one i really created on a whim and and i call it two books under 50 reviews so just to explain how that works um is a hashtag i created once again just because, you know, everyone talks about wanting to be different on Bookstagram, not wanting to read what everyone else is reading. So I figured, okay, books that people aren't reading don't have reviews. So I figured if they don't have reviews, they don't have, is, there's not many of them. So what's a good number to say, all right, you know, I want to find a book with X amount of reviews or less. And I think people should read them, right? And and I, I and I figure this is a great idea or at least a decent one because I'm not even asking for much. I'm just asking for two, like in an entire year. So I think it was like New Year's, like the day after or something. I just kind of introduced two books under 50 reviews. So the way how that works is I'm asking everybody, you know, on Bookstagram or anyone who wants to participate um, to go on Goodreads and find basically two qualifiers. First, first is the book has to be published in 2017 or earlier. The second qualifier is it has to have 50 reviews or less. And just want you to, to read them. Just read them and review them. Review them on Goodreads. Review them on your IG if you have a blog. Review them there. Um, just give them a chance, right? Like, like a... Um, a new release that came out last month. I know I mentioned Marlon James earlier. Uh, Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Yeah, shout out to uh, Rod Kelly because I feel like I I have seen that book so many times, and like so many people investing in it as well because that's one of his favorite authors. Big shouts to Rod Kelly, yeah, because he yeah. he's always like promoting. Like a red wolf, right? Um, right. He need, James needs to like hire him as his publicist. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> and like you know, that book came out last month, and it already has over a hundred reviews, mm. right? And and you know, and 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 definitely not shot at Rod. Like Rod definitely helped one hundred percent because you could go through like people's stories. If you follow enough people, you'll see how many people say, "Oh, I bought this because of Rod." Right? I bought this because of Rod Kelly. You know. But it was also like there was hype behind it, too, because of the whole, you know, oh, this is the African Game of Thrones. Right. And and it's just the whole thing, too, where you're a part of Riverhead. So you're at a big house. You know, you're Marlon James. You won the man Booker. You're you're a distinguished author. So, you know, people were going to read it. And 
and and and that's just the that's the perfect reason why this this challenge exists, right? Like people should read Marlon James. He should have over a hundred a hundred over a hundred reviews within a month or probably within a week, right? Because he's Marlon James, he's earned it. Mm-hmm. But let let's find these authors who wrote a book that came out in 1928 that have one review. Mm-hmm. Let's give them a shot too. You know, you, you can read your Marlon, you can read your Tony, you can read uh um Helen Oyeyemi. I know she just had a book, uh, Gingerbread, that came out uh, two days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you can read all of them, mm-hmm. but just find some people you haven't read and and give them a chance too, and, and introduce your followers, whether it is twenty thousand, whether it is ten thousand, whether it's five, whether it's five hundred. Introduce them to this author who wrote a book that came out in 1963 that you read, that you loved, or even maybe you didn't love it. Use the hashtag. That way people can find it. And they can at least see someone in 2019 or later who is finding something obscure. So that, that that's why I wanted to create uh, that challenge. And, and even like on my Goodreads, like, I made a list. I actually don't, I haven't called it, I didn't call it two books under 50 reviews, but I called it backlist under 50 reviews. And on that list, like as of now, there's over a hundred books that I just found from my want to read list that have under 50 reviews. And I'm always going to consult with that list when it comes time for me to put one of those books that don't have a lot of reviews in my rotation. So and we can all do that. You know, we all have access to technology, you know, to the web. We can, it's easy to find books that don't have a lot of reviews. And, you know, we have Google too. Like, we can Google something <laughs> like, and I swear, I know that sounds probably so like condescending. And I'm really not trying to. No, I know. You said it so earnestly, but I tell people that all the time. Like, we got Google, y'all. Like, and you can Google something like underrated books, underread books. You'll get lists. You'll get articles. Trust me. Like I didn't, I didn't like invent this idea. Like it's other people who are doing stuff like this, you know. And they they wrote about it for big websites too, or at least bigger platforms than my Instagram. Okay. Well, I mean, I hate to interrupt it, but how do I get on there? <laughs> I was, you know, Astrid, I love you so much. <laughs> How do I get on there? So what's next after this for you, Reggie? Are you just, do you think that uh, depending on how you grow this platform, like do you see yourself crossing over to one day the author world or are you pretty much just going to stick to reading and and feel like, you know, uh, you have this responsibility to help um, people find these authors that are not well known? Um, so that is a good question too. Um, I have started, but I haven't finished um, like creative writing classes online. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <gasps> Stop it. So, I mean, who knows, right? Who knows? Maybe. Um but I, I like no matter what I do though in terms of like if I ever author something or write I should say if I ever write something and become an author, 
I always want to like be the avid reader. Like one person in particular who is just such an inspiration in terms of being an author and a reader is Roxane Gay. Mm-hmm. Like if, if you are on Goodreads, Roxane Gay is definitely someone who you have to follow because not only does she put out books, she's reading people. She's reading and she's reading poetry too. How about that? Can we discuss? Yeah. Right? So <laughs> she, she reads poetry. She reads novels, nonfiction, short stories. She's reading it all. And she's writing books. And, and a lot of authors, you know, you'll, for example, you'll see them on Goodreads and you'll see that they've, you know, read books and stuff like that and rated them. But a lot of times, and this is this is probably just me being nosy, you know, I admit. But you'll see around the time their book came out, they stopped reading books and reviewing books. Roxane Gay, on the other hand, still reading and reviewing books. And, you know, regardless of how many she authors, and, like, she's even reading and reviewing books for people who's, like, she's doing interviews with. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, she, she read Black Leopard, Red Wolf, and she gave it four stars on Goodreads. And then next thing you know, I'm, I'm reading an article where her and Marlon James are uh, doing like an interview. So it's like she's really she's really just keeping it 100. She'll read your book for real. Talk about it on Goodreads for everyone to see and do an interview with you. How about that? Mm-hmm. I love that you said her name because I literally love her so much. She's my favorite like contemporary author her and um your so daily ward yeah. um and they're both like avid readers and like i think i've met a lot of poets who um like me and astrid love to read like we started this because we love to read um but i meet a lot of poets who don't read books i wonder though like so you're taking creative writing classes but in terms of your you know book platform like can we expect like a Reggie Reads blog? Can we expect, you know, to see you in magazines doing like professional reviews? Um, are those things that you are looking forward to or not really your thing? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I- I'm definitely open to any opportunities uh, that may come my way. Um, but I, like in terms of just reading and stuff, I honestly am just doing it just out of love for it. Um, like, I, I haven't pursued anything like that, like writing articles anywhere, anything like that. Um, but, you know, if it happens, that'd be nice. Uh, as far as my own blog, um, I mean, I've, I, I've, of course, thought about that, but I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm as of now, Right, because things change all the time. May even change as soon as this is, this session's over. Right, um, I, I'm not I, not really worried about that. I mean, I feel like I'm doing pretty good with like Instagram and Goodreads. Um, but you know, if I ever feel the need, I guess I could uh, look into that. Like like uh, like we were saying earlier, you know, Google will definitely help you start a blog. That's for sure. So, oh, you can I'm ask sure that me. Be too much labor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Astrid is a great if you ever think of doing a blog, you should definitely talk to Astrid. For sure. For sure. And I and I will. So is there anything else you'd like to let everybody know 
I don't know if you're working on something right now for people to start reading or if you're reading a book right now that you like people to join. Um, well, thank you. Um, so yeah, uh, please participate in two books under 50 reviews, find books authored, um, in 2017 or earlier that have less than 50 reviews on Goodreads. And just to distinguish that too, sometimes people will look at ratings because on Goodreads they have ratings and reviews. I'm specifically speaking to reviews because sometimes you'll see a book that has a few hundred ratings, but may only have like 20 reviews. In that instance, read and review that book because all people have been doing is rating it. We want to know what you think about it. And so does that author, right? Or their estate, you know, or whoever, if they're no longer here. So find books with less than 50 reviews, read those. Um, you know, purposely, uh, purposely seek out indie publishers. Purposefully seek out self-published authors. Those are perfect candidates for this challenge. Seek out poets even too. Those are great candidates. There are several people who've participated in the challenge who have read books of poetry and used the hashtag. Um, so just give people who you're not seeing on Instagram or in these pre-publication magazines or in the New York Times, purposefully seek out those authors and read and review their works because they need a, they deserve a chance to they really do and um also um you know if you're not following me uh reggie reads um <laughs> you know at ig uh twitter you know if you want but definitely ig and my goodreads is there so you can just link with me on goodreads through the ig um so yeah that that's it just give everyone a chance don't don't always read what everyone else is reading. It, it's a very easy way to be different, to just find something that hasn't been reviewed a lot. People will be glad that you introduced it to them, too. They'll really be glad. And um, you know, not to make this conclusion too long, but I know I mentioned like one and a half hashtags, right? Mm -hmm. I, I was recently a part of um, this. Um, I was a part of this collective um, called the Buddy Read, or not was. I am part of this collective called the Buddy Reed Brigade, uh, Buddy Reed Brigade, right, is what we call ourselves. Um, and we did the Once You Go Blackout Challenge. And through that challenge, which was a hashtag, I guess it is two hashtags if you had that. Um, through that hashtag, though, I used the hashtag of Reed and Petrie. And Petrie is the author of a masterpiece called The Street. And the street came out in 1946. Although that is not a novel that um, that came out or, or that has less than 50 reviews, it is a novel that probably should be taught in schools um, and should be like in everyone's literary canon, but it's not. It's overlooked. A lot of people don't even know Ann Petrie. And Ann Petrie is the first African-American woman to have a novel that sold over a million copies. Mm. Oh, wow. And, you know, that is what I want to encourage people to do. Like, read authors like Ann Petrie. You know, seek out random stats like that and, and give those authors a chance on your page. Because all us readers will be grateful for you introducing us to these treasures. Mm. Okay. 
Well, thank you so much, Reggie, for joining us. It was a pleasure talking to you and learning a few things, too, even some authors, because I added the one that you said to my cart. (laughs) (laughs) Same. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Reggie, you're you're our first um, reader we've had versus author, and um, it's it's like really nice to be able to continue connecting with you over books. As you know, I, I like adore you. Um, so I look forward to talking more with you in the future. You know, I adore you too, Lynn. And Asher, I adore, I adore you too. So I'm not going to leave you out. <laughs> um, you just gassing me up because you're on the podcast, but it's cool. <laughs> uh, uh, it, it, hey, the pleasure's all mine. I thank y'all. Uh, for inviting me on. I'm really humbled. Uh, you know, I feel privileged, humbled, all that, because, uh, you know, y'all, y'all could talk to anyone. So, you know, thank you. There's a lot of us reading, and I just hope, just hope y'all, you know, enjoyed it, and I, I'm, I'm just glad that, um, just glad I had the opportunity, so thank you. Well, there you have it. That's a wrap for, I mean, can you, can we discuss? Until next time, guys. That was a wrap for today. Thank you so much for listening to, I mean, can we discuss? Don't forget to subscribe, follow us if you want to see what we're up to, what projects we're up to, and enjoy the rest of your day, night, wherever you might be. I was your host, Asher Ferguson, signing off.